worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. John Bozica, 1480 WHBC. Welcome back into the program. So the budget... Here in the state of Ohio, this has been a discussion going on for a while, and uh, earlier this week, decisions were finally made, and many different people have weighed in on this, and today, tomorrow, we're going to get two different perspectives. We're going to get one from the Democratic side, one from the Republican side. We're going to go out to Toledo today for the Democratic side with State Representative Paula Hicks-Hudson, and then tomorrow, we're going to come back here to Stark County with uh, State Representative Scott Olschlager for the Republican opinion, but we're going to start first with uh, State Representative Hicks Hudson. State Representative, how are you this morning? I'm surviving. How are you? Good. Doing well. Doing well, State Representative. Thanks for joining me on the show again this morning, as mm-hmm. always. Thanks for inviting me. Absolutely. So the the budget that was passed, uh, State Representative, just your your baseline thoughts on it, and then we'll get into some of the details of it after that. Sure. Um my baseline thought is that I was a no vote on the budget, so I should start off by saying that not because of of some not because of the budget in totality, but the fact that I think we can do better when it comes to working for working men and women and families and local government. And um, unfortunately, I don't think there that that was taken into account as much as it could have been. There, you know, the budget, as I always say, is um, is the policy arm, and it really tells you what government really counts and what they think are, are really important. And so, you know, it's like put your, you're putting your money where your mouth is. And so this budget, I think, in some ways does, does that, and then in other ways it, it rolls us back and makes us um, what, what some of the members of my caucus say, the race to the bottom. And... Um, and I think that, you know, that's generally um, the thoughts that we have, at least I have. You, yeah, even though this passed, did, did this vote mainly on party lines, state representative? Actually, it was not. Um, there were many members of my caucus that were very happy uh, with the restoration of the school funding formula. That was a really big problem that that I had initially and many members of my caucus did. So, no, it really wasn't straight party lines. I think um, there might have been, I don't have the numbers in front of me, I should be better prepared, but maybe about 10 of us, approximately a third of our our caucus voted no on the budget, but the majority members voted in favor of it. Gotcha. Gotcha. So what are some of the things that are in this budget then that Ohioans need to know about? Well, I think starting off, like I talked about the the beginning of the school funding, where there's there's now a formula that will will hopefully take the burden off of pro- local property taxes and then make it so that we will have a better way to to fund public education. And for me, uh, one of the things that they that was that's the good part, but where I I felt that it fell short was. 
we still don't know how much it costs to to educate our children in the state of Ohio. Um, the formula that they use is the traditional student, so that's the student that doesn't have any any um, disadvantages, you know, whether it's language or or some physical, emotional, um, or poverty disadvantage. But we know that in the state, over 51 of our students have some type of disability. So we're basing the, our school funding mechanism on a number that's artificial. And I've said all along that we've got to be honest with, with ourselves and say we're going to fully fund education so that our, our kids and our next generation will be successful. Again, strides were made. Some things were kept in the budget that I thought were good. But, again, um, I'm, I'm going to always push for us to do more and do better. Yeah, House Finance Committee Chairman Scott Olschlager from North Canton here, who we're going to have on tomorrow as we're joined by Paula Hicks-Hudson right now, state representative from the Toledo area. He made the comment that he thinks it's a budget that is balanced and fiscally responsible and that it will improve education. What would your response be on it being balanced and fiscally responsible? Do you think it meets those things? Well, Well, of course it has to be balanced. Because by constitutional requirements, we have to have a balanced budget. Um, and, and I, again, I'm just saying it's, it's, we can do better. We should be doing better for the, for the men and women returning uh, funds to local government um, so that government, at the local level we can strive, uh, thrive, that's right, thrive and uh, do better. Um, you know, there is, um, you know, some other issues such as um, allowing um, ed choice vouchers. I know that's a touchy sub- subject because parents want to be able to uh, send their children where they want to. I just want to make sure that when those dollars are going to the, to the community schools or the charter schools, that the students are getting the very best that they can. And sending the money without also requiring the same type of, of rules that public schools are to have, to me is, is again, picking winners and losers. And, um, and that's kind of where I'm, I'm at with, with um, this whole, the whole funding for schools. Uh, we've got to do better, and we can do better, and we know what, what we need to do. Yeah, and I, I know that that's one of the big things is just – trying to do better by the people of Ohio and trying to yeah. introduce things that, that make sense for Ohioans. Um, how do you get a better maybe grasp on what some of those things are, state representative, and how do you find those things? Because I feel like that's become especially challenging to figure out mm-hmm. with the pandemic, hasn't it? I think that you're absolutely right. The pandemic really highlighted a number of the challenges that we have in the healthcare system. Um, and, you know, and unfortunately a lot of this stuff got politicized. And so some of the, the things that the governor, I'm glad he vetoed um, were, you know, that removed some of those, um, I'll call them political points that some members of the legislature was trying to make. For example, um, there were fines levied against certain businesses because they did not uh, follow the practices for COVID. Um, that, to me, would, would undermine um, the ability for us to be healthy and safe. You know, we all always talk about safety, and regardless of where you fall with the pandemic or not, um, I can't believe that people don't want to be safe. 
And so when you undermine public health, um, that's a problem. And there were some things in the budget that um, I felt were that would undermine uh, that particular issue. And those things really didn't go toward helping uh, people. One of the other things was the um, the tax cut. Now, this tax cut is going to cost the state $1.6 billion. And uh, some of the argument was, well, we're going to get $1.8 billion from the federal government. And that using that, you know, so we will be offsetting, you know, we're going to put money back into the pockets of our citizens. Well, I don't know about you and I, a 3% tax cut. I mean, that's, you know, every time you can keep more money in your pocket, that's good. But is that really going to benefit me as much as it's going to benefit the higher tax bracket? And then really, what could the state do if we had that $1.6 billion plus the $1.8 billion that was coming in from the federal government that we could we could fix our infrastructure, we can, we can provide more dollars at the local level for safety forces, all those things that you hear us talk about. So that's kind of where I am a little bit about it. And that's where my, I guess my, disagree, my philosophical disagreement comes with, with uh, Chairman Oslager, who, by the way, is a wonderful man. He's a great representative. He cares about people, and he is just, you know, I'm one of his biggest fans. And so I just put that plug in. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I got you, State Representative, and I know that many of you are friends, and I know that that's what makes this, you know, difficult to do sometimes is that you guys all want to, you know, help each other out. You want to mm-hmm. you want to scratch the back of each other and, and make sure that that works during the time where it's like this. Um, do you feel like it was challenging for Democrats going into this budget knowing that you guys were in the super minority? That's last question I have for you. I just was wondering how you felt that played a role. Um, I, it's, it's difficult to be in the super minority because there are certain things that we're not able to, our voices are not readily heard. But going back to your comment about Representative Oslaker or, or Chairman Oslaker, he allowed those voices to be heard. And, and that's the, that's the best thing that you can, that you can ask for is to be able to be heard and possibly have some inroads into into something because we did have um, you know within our within the house legislature we were able to come together you know uh, the school funding for example that was truly a bipartisan effort that we uh, we engaged in and there was a lot of give and take between the minority caucus and the majority caucus but we came up with a plan that we as a house we stood pretty firmly in lockstep with it. So it's difficult, no question about it. And our goal was always to increase our numbers because really and truly the state of Ohio truly, you know, they say, everybody says, oh, it's a red state. No, it's not. It's really purple. Because when you get to folks that are that don't really claim a party, they want what everybody wants, you know, to be able to work, to live, to have safe neighborhoods, to meet the promise of what Ohio can provide for our citizens. And that's what everyone wants. And so I say we're really purple, and we just need to, you know, fix our, our redistricting issue, which is a whole other thing. You want me to come back and talk about that? We can later on. 
Um, so that really and truly not the extreme want us to do. We have extremes in both parties, but really what people in the middle want us to do and to govern. And that's, you know, and that's uh, what I think is the most important thing that we can do as legislature, as a legislature and as legislators representing our people. And I do think, as I've said all along, that, you know, being re fiscally responsible means not just, you know, the dollars and cents, but looking to the future and how we're going to position Ohio as the as a state that it used to be. You know, we talked about the race to the bottom. We need to stop that slide and move race to the top, which is where I hope we can go. State Representative in Paula Hicks Hudson, I appreciate the time this morning, ma'am, and uh, look you. forward to having you on again. Thank you. Take care.